morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Ted Lyons. Father God, this morning, asking you for peace, grace, and mercy. Asking you, Lord God, to save the lost at any cost. And asking you, Lord God, to strengthen the hearts and the walks of people that pray for other people. In, in, every, in every denomination, every church, every place, everywhere, Lord God, where you have a person that prays for other people, I'm asking you to strengthen them. I'm asking you to give them something fresh. And I'm asking you, Lord, to manifest your glory and your power. The lay people, God, that pray for people. The intercessors, God, that pray for people. The prayer warriors, God, those people that you have called, ordained, and anointed to pray for people. I ask that you would strengthen them today. I ask that you would give them eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. God is, I I just, uh, I'm just kind of like, don't know how to really say these things this morning, but help me. Help me this morning. In the name of Jesus, help me. First of all, sometimes it seems like I might forget because I have so many different things uh, coming at me in different directions, but I would like to thank each and every one of you that helped me in this ministry, that give to this ministry, that those of you that pray for this ministry. I want you to know your prayers are like currency in heaven. Prayer is part of the currency of heaven. The real currency of heaven is the soul. One for Jesus. So Father God, this morning I thank you that this deadline and each of the people on it are covered. We have a prayer covering. I thank you that each person has the blood of Jesus sprinkled on them, applied to them. Thank you, God, for your supernatural protection. And it all is motivated by the fact that you love us. I thank you for that love this morning. So, brothers and sisters, again, I thank thank all of you who support this ministry. You know who you are. Somebody even came here and brought an offering last week. I think it was last week. I thank you for that. I don't come on here begging because I believe that 
most of you can hear God. And most of you, if he tells you to give, you give. People are never going to give anywhere, ever. But that's okay because God takes care of that too. But this morning, I'm not talking about giving. I want to talk about something else. I was on the phone for hours with a preacher. Uh, Bishop, as a matter of fact, of a big church. And then he called another bishop. Excuse me. I told you I was on the phone for hours. He called another bishop to get in on the conversation. And I had an opportunity. This was all yesterday. I talked to last night. I talked to two bishops. But earlier in the day, as most of you know, we have a headliner that um, is active in rescuing children from um, trafficking and that kind of thing, rescuing children. So I had to talk. I, I had an opportunity to talk with a person that runs a very private safe house here in the United States. And then I had an opportunity to pray for 117 male and females that had been rescued from child sex trafficking. And I had an opportunity to pray for them Never seeing their face, don't know their name, but I just had an opportunity to pray for them anonymously, and that took a lot of time, but Jesus completed the mission. Then I had a chance to speak to another minister. It was a a day yesterday, and this is what I want to tell you. This is what I want to tell you. Last night, those bishops would not let me hang up. One of the one of them, um, their church um, has about, I guess, twelve thousand people on a Sunday, on Sunday. And um, the other one was a street preacher, but but over maybe 60, 70 churches that all started from street preaching. As I listened to their problems or conversation, whichever way you want to call it, they all... They both, and and almost everybody that I talked to yesterday had the same problem. And the problem that they have is that people around them 
have a lot, a lot of demons. And these two bishops, one, uh, he doesn't have any type of ministry like that. And he's ministering to, you know, between 10, 12,000 people every Sunday. <clears throat> and, and he doesn't have it because he didn't believe in it. He didn't believe that God had to do anything special. It's the, the term he used. But the other bishop and the bishop that called me was the conservative one. And then he called the street one. <clears throat> and the he had to apologize to him after our conversation. This man has a Bible school, Bible college, but he never he never put no emphasis on on um, just regular spiritual warfare. That's what he called it, you know. And the one thing that all of those people had in common was they all had people sabotaging them. They all had people saying things outside of their ear range that didn't make sense. But they were saying it about their ministries. And I thought about it as I was listening and Seeing how, okay, God, what you got me have me do now? And I had had a conversation earlier that day with Jessica, as a matter of fact, around 7 in the morning. And I had said to Jessica, I said it on the line, I believe, first. I said, God made Jesus. And I can prove it. I can't prove it. And that's what I told the bishops. I, I said to them, I said, you know, you all are God-made men, and there's a move going on about to really take place where God is trying to show people that he has to make them. And one of them at that point called up another person. So I was on a two-way and they called up another person who happened to be a Catholic priest. And the Catholic priest wanted to talk about gay people And inner healing. And did I feel like something, he said. Did I feel like, um, what did I feel? And, and I, I explained to him, and, and I need to kind of make this clear this morning. I don't feel nothing. I don't have any feelings. And, my, and the feelings that I do have, they're my own personal feelings. And 
I would never take my own personal feelings and try to make a doctrine out of it because I'm not a reformer. And I would never take my own personal feelings and try to make a, a ministry out of that. So I explained to him and them, because now we got three Catholic priests, one street preacher, and one <clears throat> bishop, two bishops, one street preacher, and the other one, um, the, like the pastor of a big denominational type church. And they all had the same problem. And you know what I told them? I said, even as small as I am, you're going to have that problem. And if you're talking about looking into getting souls set free, I said to the priest, I said, you know the Catholic Church have exorcists. I said, and not only do you know that, that, they, that you, I mean, you know, you have exorcists and had them a long time. I said, but you know that you all don't even do an exorcism until after, well, you used to anyway, besides used to be, but it's changed. Since now, most Catholic churches in America, if they have a diocese that's big enough, they have an exorcist assigned to the diocese. I said, and so what I do is no more than a Christian exorcism. Only I don't use the Roman Catholic ritual because rituals don't work. So then the bishops <laughs> said, we have people coming in through the internet. He said he had opened his church up, but then he shut it back down because the pandemic numbers rose in the area. And so I asked him, I said, did anybody die in your church from COVID-19? He said not that he knows of because they um, put on a prayer vigil. <clears throat> I said, okay. So I asked the other bishop, did anybody die from his, his churches? And he said, yeah, two. I said, well, that's not bad. But then the other bishop told the bishop, those two may not have had to die. Did they do any type of prayer vigil? And he said, they do their praying on the street corners in a major, major city. So the people that 
that died, they didn't die from preaching on the street corner. They died because they were in a nursing home and they were in in confined areas. And that's how those two died. And um, so I said, okay. But the main thing that they wanted from me is literature. They wanted literature. So I'm I'm giving the literature together. And they wanted to know would I am I available to come to the churches? And I said, No, I'm not. I said, Why should I have to come to your church? when I can teach you how to cast all the demons out of your own church. And then you can keep on casting them out yourself. And they like that idea better. So then they said, well, when can we come to to Georgia where you are? I said, I have to let you know. Because number one, everything that we talked about, and I can't even begin to go through, we went through, we went from one subject to the other to the other. They, I basically was answering their question. And then the Catholic priest said, what's your whole name? I told him my whole name. He said, you were scheduled to talk at our convention, I said, yeah, a couple years ago. He said, oh, I know who you are. I said, but please pardon me. I don't know who you are. And that brings up this point. This is the point I'm getting to. I said, I don't know who you are. He said, well, I know who you are. He said, We have some of your materials in our university. So I'm like, that's all. He said, and we almost threw it out because of all the typos <laughs> and all the repeatedness, repetitiveness in it. He said, but a couple of the brother brethren took time and read it. He said, because, you know, we have, we have, um, and and I know that they have highly educated um, priests, teachers. He said, but after the brother read it, then, then they made copies and gave it to to all of us. And then you you turned us down. I did. I did. I turned them down. And the reason I turned you, I said, the reason I turned you down is because God told me to, to not go. To tell them thank you, but no thank you. I said, and the lady that you all called in, you crucified that lady. 
You crucified her so bad she left the teaching ministry at the university where she was teaching, which happened to have been Loyola. I said, and that's what you you all had planned to do to me, for God saved me. He said, I apologize. The other bishops were listening to that. And they said, so you won't come to our church. I said, that's right. I won't come. But I will train you. We'll train you. And you do it. You go. You do it. You handle it. Because that's your assignment, not mine. Brothers and sisters, I want to share something with you. And it's been ever since I hung up with them and we talked, you know. So they're coming. I think they come in September 23rd in 2000 to be trained. And the interesting thing is, on September 23rd, I have another whole family that's coming. But I said I wasn't going to be doing this. But I have a whole family that's really, 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 really in need of prayer. I'm going to be praying to God what what exactly does he want me to do September 23rd when these men are going to uh, leave their own pulpits and come here to be trained by um, the Tedlon ministry at Jesus Believers Church. I wanna I wanna share something with you. I, I have not had an opportunity, but you see, right before those bishops call me up and the the priest is coming too. The priest is coming too. I was sitting there, I was I was sitting there for a minute. I had talked to uh, another minister on the phone. You know I don't like talking on the phone. That's why I don't do a lot of talking on the phone. Cause, but this is what I told I had to say. I am not a counselor. I'm not a counselor. Frankly, I don't even like counseling. Because I'm not a counselor. I haven't been I have not been trained as a counselor. But there is something that is called aftercare. And the reason those those bishops and and, and, and the and the people with the secret um safe houses wanna come too. And I used to train a lot of people that had safe houses. I just kind of backed up, stopped. Because God was 
training and retraining. And and that's how God does. He trains you and he retrains you and he trains you again. But but yesterday I heard 117, I think it was 117. It might have been one, a few over because there was some staff people there too. I heard all those children, and I did a very gentle mass children's deliverance over the telephone and through loudspeakers. And that's not unfamiliar to me because I do it all the time. That's how God raised me up. And that's how this ministry came to be. And I had a lot of people to minister to, and they all had the same problem. And I asked God for a solution. And and that, and somewhere in Jamaica and somewhere in New Zealand and somewhere in Great Britain, and God said to Ted, show me how to do what is now the Ted line used to be spirit go. Go. But this is what I heard. This is what somebody sent me a text. Listen to this. My wife hates you. My wife is praying for you to be eliminated and die. My mother and father hate you. They think you're a witch. They think the tagline is witch. Witchcraft. My Husband hates you. You know why I get that feedback, brothers and sisters? Generally, it's because the person who's sending me the hate is watching somebody else and their family get free, and they have no understanding as to how it's happening. I try very hard. You see, I don't have to be your friend to be your deliverance minister. But the game people think they're running on me all the time is I want to be your friend. I want to be able to call you up all times of day and night and 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 torment you with my demons. I want to be able to call you up day and night and transfer what's on me onto you. I want to call you up and lie to you and tell you deliberate lies that I know are lies because Satan wants me to tell you these lies so I'll never be free. I want to call you up and torment the hell out of you because I'm not going to get free. Because I like to torment. Because I'm not going to listen to what Jesus say in his word. Because I'm too lazy. I'm too spiritually lazy. And I really don't think you have enough Holy Ghost knowledge to free me anyway. So I'm going to call you up 
and allow you to pacify me. The craziest thing I ever heard in my life. But that's what I live with every day. So I don't answer the phone. You know what? I'm not Jesus. He carried all your sorrows to the cross, but you don't want to believe it. He is your burden bearer, but you don't want to believe it. He can break every yoke, break every chain, but you don't want to believe it. And you see, God told me a long time ago in a still small voice, I will not share my glory with anyone. So when they be calling me up and you be trying to call me up, you be trying to get me to sin against God because you be trying to make me your Holy Ghost. You be trying to make me your deliverer. I'm going to tell you something this morning. There's only one deliverer. There's only one savior. There's only one burden bearer. There's only one yoke destroyer. His name is Jesus. And so I asked God, I said, what is, what is it? What is it? He said, you, you got a generation that thrives on manipulation. I say, oh. <laughs> he said, they don't thrive on the word. They don't thrive on me. They thrive on who can I manipulate next so that my own will will be done, so that my own purpose will be accomplished. I said, Jesus, they can't use me like that. And then when I won't allow them to use me like that, they get mad with me. Just flat out angry at me. And then Satan gets happy and spew all that trash, all that filth, all that garbage in my direction. And who did he use? That same brother, that same sister. Let's say, I love Jesus and will not do what Jesus say do. Jesus say, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Then they got that other bunch. She don't ask for money. So she couldn't be worth too much. I don't ask for money because too many people think that Jesus can be bought. And so, and he cannot. He cannot. When a person gets a healing, a deliverance, a restoration, through this ministry, they know it came from Jesus. It came by Jesus. It came through Jesus. And that's why Jesus worked so Mightily through this headline. I asked the bishop. I said, since I believe you being pretty straight with me, 
I said, when your people get sick, who's the first person they call on? One of them said me. The other said Jesus. I said, now, this is what you say. I said, but when something really happens, who do they call on? After they call on you. Brothers and sisters, I told them. I said, if you trust me, you don't want me in your church. He said, why? I said, because I'm going to tell them, step over you and go to Jesus. I'm going to tell them the head of the church is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I said, I'm going to tell them I'm not recruiting. <clears throat> You're already saved. If they're already filled with the Holy Spirit, they have available to them the power, hallelujah, and the nature and the character of God to meet their every need. I said, so let me tell you, my way is the best way. You probably want to come here and get trained, and then you go back. I said, because the devil doesn't train the world to look at people as their savior. And I don't want them looking at me. Because God said he will not share his glory with anyone. I said, they'll be cutting my life off short. Cutting my blessings off looking at me. That man broke down and started crying. And repenting to God. I said, because I'm going to tell them straight up. Somewhere along the line, they stopped letting God make them. They stopped letting God teach them, train them, guide them, and lead them, and look to you. And you took your eyes off God and put it on yourself. I said, aren't you glad we don't live in the time of King Herod because you would be dead or out there running through the grass like a wild man for pointing people to yourself. Brothers and sisters, that's what the New Agers do. That's what many, many, many churches do. They teach and preach Jesus with the arrow pointed to themselves. When you make disciples, it is not supposed to be. Now, understand, don't get me wrong. There is an anointing for teaching. There, there is the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. But somewhere in that Bible, it says, follow me as I follow after Christ.
and 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 this other other man said it was funny too. He said, "Say you talk like a man. I talk like a soldier. Cause there's neither gender in the kingdom of God. There's neither male nor female." And I asked, I asked them. I said, "You ever been in the military?" <clears throat> Excuse me. You ever been in the military? And they both said no. I said, well, then, you got a little problem. I said, do you understand the chain of command? They said, well, yeah. I said, so then you understand it from a natural perspective? I said, well, I said, who is the, uh, who is your commanding officer? Who is right now? Who is your commanding officer? I said, in the natural. Somebody said, President Trump. I said, you right. He's the commander in chief. I said, you ever said anything bad about him? They said, yeah. I said, well, you know what you did? I said, God have a chain of command too. Whatever you said bad about him, bounce right back to you. It bounced right back to you because you wasn't supposed to decide in your commander in chief. I said, now let me ask you a quick question. Who is the commander-in-chief in the kingdom of God. They say, God. I was waiting. I went silent on them because I was waiting. I said, so who is God? If God is your commander-in-chief, who is God? And they said, you know, they went on. And they were right. I said, okay, so what was the last command given to you by your commander-in-chief? What was the last command? I'm asking you all that this morning. What was the last command given you? Jessica, will you post Mark 16? 15 through 24. That's it. I'm just talking to you from my heart this morning because I've been up all night and I've been on the phone for hours. Go you into all the world. Preach the gospel. Those that believe shall be saved. Those that don't believe shall be damned. 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 Damn. Damn. For not believing. And you know the rest of it. But the most important scripture in that command from your commander in chief is this. Verse 24. And the Lord working with you. And the Lord working with them. Signs. 
miracles, wonders. The Lord working with them and confirming his word. The Lord working with them and confirming his word. On earth as it is in heaven. See, I intended to teach and show you how God made Jesus. I intended to show you that this morning, but I was on the phone too long, all night. So I'll show it to you tomorrow. God made Jesus, and Jesus was obedient to God, his maker who happened to have been God manifest in the flesh. But God made Jesus son of man. The son of man was made by God. I'm going to show you that tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, stop. You can't command God. He's your commander-in-chief. But you see, God is God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Three in one. Great is the mystery of godliness. So when I ended my conversations, I thanked them. I thanked them because God used them to quicken my own spirit, make me think, open up my understanding, and give me more direction as to what I have to do. Brothers and sisters, you can talk a good talk. But like I listen to those men People ain't listening. <clears throat> They're not listening. They've been talked out. They're not listening. And that is a trick of the devil, too. Like I said to them, he unloosed dumb and deaf on people. Who can be saved if you can't hear? How can your faith grow if you can't hear? Faith cometh. By hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God used them to really open up my understanding. I haven't processed it all yet because it hasn't been but a couple of hours. And I'm tired from no rest. But I needed to hear what those men, and they were all men. So I told him, no, I don't talk like a man. I talk like a soldier. With a Holy Ghost understanding. We got to do better. People don't want to hear all this all this talk. You got to show them something. So you know what I did? I chose to preach. 
I chose the priest. And in five minutes, I cast demons out the priest. Because God wanted to feel more compassion in him. So you got to get the junk out in order to get more of the Holy Ghost in, more Jesus. It wasn't nothing serious. It, it don't take all that. That's what I try to tell you. It don't take all that. The reason people not delivered is because of their own rebellion, the hardness of their own heart. And for them people up there in Massachusetts, The young man got the Bible. And you know what? I only talked to him once in my life. And I had to tell him, you need to tell the truth. I said, it isn't that your parents don't trust me. They don't trust you because you don't put them through so much hell, so much rebelliousness. And he admitted it was true. That's why I refused to mail the Bible to his father's house. It ain't me. It's him and them. They don't trust each other. How can you trust God? We don't even trust your son, your daughter, your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your wife, your husband. It's got to start with you. I remember I heard somebody say, my wife was going to call you and cut you out. I said, now you tell her one thing. I'm not fully saved. And I might cuss her back out. But I'm going to do it through the word of God. And it's going to bring her to her knees. Oh, boy. As a journey on this pilgrim way, there is happiness and joy each day. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
filling, 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 filling people manifest in his glory. There is power being stirred up because it comes from within people, out of people, comes from the Holy Spirit, out of people, to people. And God is unloosing it. But how can he unloose something to you when you don't believe in it? It's, 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 it's impossible for you to even think you're going to get it when you don't believe in it. The power of God, what is the power of God? What is the source of the power of God? God's own Holy Spirit, of course. Hide that power from the cross, brothers and sisters. From the cross. From the atonement. Can you write the word at one meant? At one meant. Can you do that? At one meant. <clears throat> at one meant. If you look at at one minute, it spells atone. That's where the power comes from. And if you don't have no power, you can't defeat the devil. Don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. Preaching gets you saved. Preaching will get you saved and feel. But if you don't use what you feel with, because you don't know you got it and you don't know how to use it, you might as well not even have it. Y'all ready? Have a good time. Have a good time.
trust me, he loves you. I mean, really, 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 really loves you. That's why he's going to make some of you, some of you, he's, he's not, because you're not going to allow him. Years ago, I said, don't miss God in the day of your visitation. Don't miss him. In the day of your visitation, don't miss God. So what I'm telling you right now is, in the day and in the time of your enablement and empowerment, don't miss God. Don't miss it. Because you know what? You'll have to go around that same around that same thing all over again and all over again and all over again till you get it. Purpose in your heart that you got to get it from God and it's available to you right now. He's pouring it out. We'll see you tomorrow on the deadline with Pastor Michael Vasica.
for over a year. And then all those bishops start calling. Yay, God! ready to put it in a picture frame on my wall because the devil tried to steal that from me but God sent the proof a check lost in the mail for over a year came yesterday living under open heaven brothers and sisters <laughs> 